podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Robbo in the house. Good to see you, Matt. How are you feeling going into week 11 of the NFL? I'm feeling a lot better than I was going into week 10. Let's put it that way. Week 10, uh, I found quite perplexing. And actually, to be honest with you, since the moment I picked my Drew Lock of the Week, I didn't think it was going to come off. I thought that I had just gone with what? I'd gone with a safe play, which was an under in a game that was going to have a lot of focus on with two good quarterbacks who I think were performing worse than the market was kind of predicting them to but nonetheless that obviously turned into an absolute cracker between the Packers and the Cowboys and that's why I said sometimes you win, it's a win-win with the under because I was still really enjoying the game and I absolutely loved it despite the fact obviously that um, my Drew Lock didn't come in the Acker of course lost the Heineke Acker lost you never ever bet against Heineke and the Heineke I, Acker I, I mean, why, why, did didn't, why didn't we see this one coming I mean that's naive of us the Heineke Acker derailed by Heineke himself of course that's a rule we must always remember going forward did you see him on the plane afterwards doing the Kirk Cousins with all the chains around <laughs> I just wanted to compare and I guess Coming... this is just another thing with Dan Snyder did you see that he was sitting effectively in like economy class seats with all of these probably millions and millions of dollars worth of jewelry around his neck yes and genuinely you're like get this guy some extra legroom like I even get myself extra legroom on long haul flights and he's you insist on yeah yeah his <laughs> knees up to his head whilst he's drinking a, a tinny having a beer yeah and with millions and millions of dollars worth of jewelry around him and everyone celebrating around him i love taylor heineke i i, I mean he absolutely stone cold lock top three favorite player of this current generation he might be fast becoming my top 10 favorite players of all time 100 percent because he just doesn't look like he should be an NFL quarterback. That's yep. for sure. Love and that also, the, my favorite thing about him is he's a born entertainer, whereas he's never, ever going to just check the ball down. He's never going to have an ordinary game. He's either going to go out all guns blazing and throw five interceptions, or he's going to throw five touchdowns. And the relationship he clearly has with Terry McLaurin, how hard Terry McLaurin pay, plays for him, yeah. is just another representation of how great a guy Taylor Heineke clearly is. The team are cl- like blatantly fully behind him. And to pull out that victory away from home against the 8-0 Eagles, where yes, they relied on the run. Yes, the Eagles were struggling without Jordan Davis at defense tackle to stop the run but at the same time Taylor Heineke I watched that game you know in the 40 minute edition that they mm-hmm. give to you the next morning Tuesday morning and you're thinking every single time I saw like a third and six a third and seven you're like surely he can't complete another one surely the Eagles are going to get a stop at this moment in time and he completed every single third down and it was so impressive he has so much character so much bottle and again mm. just like my Drew Lock, it was a win-win because I thoroughly enjoyed watching him win that game Love Taylor Heineke. I love the fact that he is, as you say, always written off, but comes out swinging, much like I am in our Drew Lock battle. Because at this stage, oh, I've got the chains on. I've got the tinny out. I am rolling to the end of the season now. I'm not going to second guess. I'm not going to, on the pod, be, oh, I don't know which one. I'm just going in, clear cut, 
the pressure's off now at one and nine. One and nine, yeah. I don't think there's any pressure <laughs> no. on you realistically. I think what... Just another incredible bad beat. An insane bad beat. And you know, there's like some statistic out there. You know, there's so many statistics surrounding the NFL, but there's a statistic out there saying the Houston Te- Texans were the most unlucky team last week. And that is because like every single time they got into the red zone, they would score a touchdown, there would be a flag. They would get into the five-yard line, David Pierce would fumble it. It was heartbreaking to watch. And the fact that it even got to the point where they kicked those two last minute field goals to get it to 40 and you had it at 40 and a half was just such a neat encapsulation of your Drew Lock run so far this season. It was perfect. I have to to hold my hands up. I had some Mm. feedback uh, Mm. from our talk sports show on Sunday night, obviously. Oh, you did? Sandrini. Mm. Very entertaining show. Had a lot of fun on it. But uh, I had some feedback from my mum. Oh, yes. And she said that um, I'm too mean to you. Oh, well, Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Proper, <laughs> Mrs. Thornton. I know she listens to, to Edge Rush. Uh, yeah, of course she does. I completely agree. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was I, I didn't, I was professional. I didn't want to say anything on air uh, on that particular broadcast. I mean, on this, absolutely I will. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I felt, I mean, I went, I drove home after the show. Definitely contemplating the aggression that you showed to me on a on a just persistent basis throughout it um and i'm glad that i'm glad that mrs t feels that i know our listeners probably feel the same way as well yeah i'm sure they do but i i won't lie to you i will never stop doing it because i get so much entertainment out of it at the end of the day and ultimately my entertainment is the most important well it is well to be fair i'm not sure we have played the episodes if your mum doesn't listen to each of each of these shows i would say the over under on the amount of digs thrown your way primarily by me is 1.5 oh. 1. 1. an episode yeah. <laughs> so, I, I love the fact i've come out of this shining like a saint. i know that's what i was saying saying. you were literally <laughs> reeling in the fact that i spent the first two hours of the show slating kirk cousins like absolutely going on him like <laughs> talk sports style i turned into simon jordan and i just absolutely ridiculed kirk cousins which i still stand by uh, completely, and I think that Justin Jefferson made him look a lot better than he actually was on Sunday. Justin Jefferson, obviously, what a player! But at the same time, it was very entertaining because I knew from that moment onwards that as soon as the Minnesota Vikings started coming back, the this, I was, I was like, oh, I'm never, I'm never letting this down. You went on like a Trumpian rant about it all, like a kind of meandering, chaotic speech about why Kirk Cousins is so bad, and of course he came back. But you're right, and and sorry, just to put a line under that, Mrs. T. Uh, love the fact you have my back. And yeah, it is difficult to work with your son. I mean, <laughs> um, but I will battle through. I will I will overcome. You, but you, you know, the, the point you make is right. It was a poetic Drew Lock bad beat again for me that in the same way we were talking about this with Kirk Cousins, like that game was, I guess, the perfect microcosm of his mm. career today. And then that game is the very much the, the poster for the Viking season. Like within... We talked about it with Mike on Monday, didn't we? Not just within certain phases of the game, but within certain drives, they they flip from world beaters to jokers. And they're like that in the season. Like one week they turn up, one week they don't. Cousins has done that his whole career. Fascinating how it all just kind of condenses together. Um, all right, so we're going to Drew Lock it up. The Acker this week, because the Taylor Heineke Acker, because we blew it again last week. Uh, sorry, you blew it last, yeah, last, blew it last week. week. <laughs> last week. The, uh, we're going to hand over the reins wisely, gang, to Tom Collins, our friend, uh, a true 
a true sharp. Uh, <laughs> and two weeks back to back by winning up. by half a point. He's having the opposite to what you're having this season. Yeah, to be fair, he is a professional gambling expert. Yeah. Um, and he is, uh, yeah, he is the, the the yang to my ying. He's rolling right now. So we're going to give him the Taylor Heineke Yaka, right? He's got the Heineke Yaka. At one point, it's just going to be a solo show just with Tom Collins. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be like, right, the prop bets hope we go well for Propo. So Tom Collins is going to do Tom them. Collins is going to take them. Or maybe Tom, Tom uh, and Coco and Pebbles. <laughs> that's, that's next season's Edge Rush lineup gag for you. Uh, by the way, Tom Collins and I do a spin-off show, SBK Edge Rush Extra. We get more of his sharp insight. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's over on the SBK YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, he is a very, very sharp mind, but a good guy as well. We're glad he's part of the crew. Uh, and he's a Packers fan, so he's believing in my... Yeah, not so, not laughing so much now, are you, with my Packers? I backed them. I, I backed them. I told you? you. Yeah, I told you that. Do you not remember that? They were going to be my Drew Locke. That's why I'm annoyed, because it was going to be my Drew Locke, the Green Bay oh, Packers. Lots of, not just last week, but the Packers making the playoffs. Oh, the no, Packers making the playoffs. Me, I yeah. still don't think the Packers are necessarily going to make the playoffs. I can't you know lie what? to you. You know what? We were getting into this uh, uh, with Shane Vereen, of course, in uh, this week's preview show. So go and check that out in the vault. We were looking at the NFC playoff picture and Shane thinks there are going to be four teams from the NFC East making the playoffs. And what it, what it basically boils down to, we think, is two out of three from Washington, Seattle and Green Bay. Because everyone else is, is isn't this is assuming that there isn't something extraordinary that happens implosion wise with the Bucks, but they're gonna no one else. Yeah, in, the Bucks in that will division. make it. The Bucks will make it. It's gonna be the 49ers or the Seahawks, and I think it'll be the 49ers. I think their their offense will yeah. start to really roll and uh, they'll they'll hit hit their groove. Green Bay are the only team in that chasing pack at four and six that can conceivably because the, the Washington commanders are five hundred, right? They are the only team that could conceivably they're going to catch the Vikings in the north, so to hit that wild card spot. Uh, so it's whether Seattle can keep up the pace, and whether uh-huh. Green Bay can catch Washington. See, the thing is, is I think I think Seattle and Washington have a significant advantage, which is the schedule. The schedule mm. compared to Green Bay is obviously playing a. They obviously won their division last year and they've got a very difficult schedule down the stretch. And I think that's going to play a massive impact. And as much as it was an incredibly impressive win last week, I wouldn't necessarily say they've turned a corner. They were quite fortunate in places. I think Jerry Alexander definitely should have got a pass interference call or a holding call Mm. on CD Lamb in overtime. And defensively, they weren't that impressive last week. I thought Deck Prescott had a really, really good game and kind of torched them, so to speak. They can't really seemingly stop the run either. Tony Pollard had a massive game as well. And obviously Dallas are a great team and offensively they looked great. Maybe this Christian Watson connection is going to start mm-hmm. sort of actually materialising and if it can be consistent, then the Green Bay Packers may be able to put up points. The only thing is, I think the Washington Commanders obviously with an easier schedule, the Seahawks with an easier schedule, might be able to just get enough done. As much as, re- realistically, I love Taylor Heineke, I love Geno Smith, I love both of those teams and what they've been able to do so far this season. But if it came down to who do you want to see in the playoffs going up against the Minnesota Vikings or going up against the Philadelphia Eagles or the 49ers, you're going to choose Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers every single time because you never know what's going to happen when Aaron Rodgers gets on the field and especially in a playoff game. How good an America's game would it be if Green Bay with the with the Super Bowl? <laughs> nah. What would be better? Okay, what would be better? Green Bay or Tampa? Oh, good question. Oh God, they'd both be compelling. I mean, the the romantic in me is you know, Jets, Giants, America's game this season would be just sensational. But the... Oh, okay, the there's a question. Do the, the Fal- Jets, If the Jets or the Giants win the Super Bowl, yeah. do Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson get on America's game? 
I don't think they do. I'm trying to think. I, I well, I guess a lot depends on how the how the, the playoffs run. But I still can't see a so, so the Giants would obviously be Saquon. Yeah, the Giants would be Saquon, and then potentially Leonard Williams because I think Leonard Williams is likely to probably have. I mean, the Giants are not going to win the Super Bowl. The fact that it took us that long to work out who would be in the America's game, and then the Jets would definitely be Source Gardner. Yeah, de- definitely Source Gardner. Um, They'd possibly... have two defensive players. Possibly Garrett Wilson, I suppose. He could... Maybe they could do Zach Wilson because it'd be quite entertaining. Um, it would have been Brees Hall if they'd if he had managed to stay fit. Maybe Michael Carter or James Robinson takes over. It'd be interesting though. I, mean, I love this game. Like who gets who gets to get on the show if the team wins the Super Bowl on America's game? I love that. It's a, it's a, we should do a spin-off with it because it'd be interesting. It's a good one. Get in touch at the new Nat Coombe show. Yeah. If your team wins the Super Bowl, who do love you that. think would be on their America's game? But yeah, love the that. America's game, if it was either Tampa or Green Bay, would be sensational. And I think with mm. the NFC being as wide open as it is, it's actually not out of the realms of possibilities. I was actually thinking to myself, talking about the Minnesota Vikings, how much I've been mm. slipping them and how inconsistent they are and how I don't think they're actually a complete team and their record is far better than it should be. But at the same time, if... They, the NFC is so wide open and mm. there's if Philadelphia continue to have a couple of injury issues, you know, if AJ Brown's banged up, they've obviously lost Dallas Goddard. They've lost yeah. um, Jordan Davis. Like if that continues to happen, the Eagles won't be this impenetrable team that we've they've been for the first eight weeks. 49ers, we know how prone they are to injury issues. And if those two teams are taken out of it, then it's pretty much wide open at that moment in time. Like it could mm. easily be the Vikings. It could easily be the Giants, the Cowboys, yeah. any of the NFC East. So it's a it's a fascinating NFC in in kind of like a really weird and mundane way. It it is interesting. You know, I was chatting about this the other day with we went out for a big family dinner because it was my dad's birthday. And we were talking about because the conversation always ends up inevitably going towards politics. And then that then divides the table because you just I I just stay at one of the table shucking grenades and (laughs) watching watching them blow up. But we were talking about the. Uh, the last American presidential elections and actually the Democratic primaries. And I made quite a lot of money on Joe Biden because Biden was, uh, if you remember, completely written off. And he was, this is just to win the nomination. And there was just different permutations. He was still in the game, still in the mix. So the equivalent of like a, you know, a 500 team right now that isn't playing well and all these flaws, still in the game. And various cards fell, fell. I thought if he gets to this particular stage of the primaries, he's going to be able to build momentum and, and that, and he will roll and roll and roll for all kinds of different reasons. But it's very like, to my mind, a, 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 certainly the Bucks, more so I think this year than, than, than the Packers, but the Bucks just getting to the table, just getting to the dance. I mean, it would not surprise me at all with this NFC mix if if the Bucks are in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't say, like calling that now. Let alone if they can start to actually play. I mean, their defense is starting to ball, but if if they are in the playoffs, which they look like they will, because the South such a such a joke. I, I I don't think the craziest bet out bet right now, mate, would be looking at that. What what are the Bucks Super Bowl? Let's, let's right? go. I was literally thinking that right now because I think it's a really good 
I think it's a really good call, to be honest with you. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now would be my third favourite to come out of the NFC, realistically, mm-hmm. despite all the issues they've had, despite not looking that impressive. I know they've just won in Germany. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as Mike brilliantly broke down on the um, review show, he doesn't look necessarily like the same Tom Brady as we've seen in recent years. He is looking a little bit slower at certain things. But at the same time, they still have so much talent on that team. Chris Godwin mm-hmm. is so good. Mike Evans mm-hmm. is so good. They've got playoff Lenny, obviously, yeah. to come. And obviously, Rashad White looks like an absolute yeah. baller as well, the rookie they've got. And if their defense continues to play the way Todd Bowles' defenses usually have played for this Bucks team, then I think they're definitely going to be a threat. So let's just look at the Super Bowl odds now. So, yeah, the Bucks are 16 on the book I'm looking at, 16 to 1 to win it. Yes, that's what I've got as well. I've got 16 to 1. So they're about the same as the Miami Dolphins, which yeah. is interesting. Mm. You can get the Cowboys at 18 to 1. That's quite generous from certain mm. books as well. Minnesota Vikings are now 12 to 1. The 49ers, <laughs> you can get at 10s. Eagles, it basically is. Mm. I mean, the Bills are really Bill, short. The Bills are favorites. The, but they're really short. Like they're, what, just above three, three to one? Yeah. How on Seven earth are the two? Bills favored over the Chiefs? Like I right don't now, understand I... that at that moment, at this moment in time. The only thing I would argue is potentially the Buffalo Bills defense has looked more impressive than Kansas City Chiefs. But mm. I think the, the Kansas City Chiefs have looked like the best team in the NFL. In the Kansas City Chiefs sure. won the Super Bowl when people were saying that about their defense. And it's the worst yeah, it's defense true. I don't now, think it really so. matters at this point. And Patrick Mahomes is playing so well, it's absolutely insane. So, yeah, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are probably like a value play at about 5-1 to one if you can get them there. I mean, yeah. the Eagles, I think, will be interesting when they get to the playoffs with Nick Sirianni. Obviously, we saw mm-hmm. them lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the playoffs, but I still think they might need a little bit more experience. I think those bright lights might be a little bit too much for Jalen Hurts in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine if the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if listeners aren't aware, Jalen Hurts got to a national championship game with Alabama and then got pulled and Tua came in and took over and won the national championship. Do you know who the backup is in Philadelphia now? Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, of course he is. Minshew Mania. Imagine oh, they get boy. the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts just completely capitulates, and they're like Nick Sirianni's like, okay, we've got what are we going to do? Gonna, gonna yeah, give it half time. Yeah, exactly. And then it'll be the WWE entrance music, and Gardner Minshew will just come, yeah, it's Minshew's music. He'll just come charging out. Are you also imagining an Eagles Dolphins Super Bowl as well? So it's Tua, wow. it's up against Tua, and that's what get that's what triggers the memories. Oh, the NFL is so much fun. <laughs> I'm gonna put. A, I'm gonna have a sneaky. I'm gonna back the buck sneakily. I just want to see as well, just for, just for uh, kicks and giggles. Sixty-six to one, the Packers. Really, sixty-six to 66 one. Sixty-six to one. It's the Bengals be... are the Bengals. You can get at thirty to one. Let's get into that. Bengals yeah, are our but... first game. Bengals Steelers. We're picking three games. We'll have uh, via Tom the Teller Heineke Yaka Prop Bets of the Week and our Drew Locks of the Week. Let's start with the Bengals Steelers. Minka back for the Steelers, we think. What about Jamar? When's Jamar back for since? So it's literally just been reported by Jeremy Fowler from ESPN that they're expecting Jamar to be back in week 12, but that's if they're mm. hopeful. The other big injury news for the Cincinnati Bengals is that DJ Reader is going to be back this week, Ooh. the defensive tackle who is one of the best run stoppers in the league and is also excellent at creating pass rush, which Bengals seemingly have been without for majority of the season outside of uh, Hendrickson. So it's that's a critical one for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a really, really interesting matchup. It has to be said. You've got the line. The line's been really interesting as well because it opened mm-hmm. at four. So the Cincinnati mm-hmm. were getting four points going to Pittsburgh, despite the fact that obviously Pittsburgh won in Cincinnati in week one. Then the money all came flooding in on Cincinnati. That moved, mm-hmm. that line moved up to five 
Wow. Then it got dropped to four and a half as the money came in on Pittsburgh. And then even more money is coming on Pittsburgh and it's moved it all the way back down to four. So you've seen a complete flip mm. without there really being any noticeable injury issues. I've seen the Minka Fitzpatrick. It still seems like it's about 50-50 whether he's going to play the Sunday from what okay. I read. Mm. And then TJ Watt's obviously going to be back, who I think is obviously a very, very significant player in this matchup. Because if you look at Cincinnati's season so far, the four games they've lost have been against Pittsburgh, who've got TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Dallas, who have got Micah Parsons, Baltimore Ravens, who have got Justin Houston, and then Cleveland, who have got Miles Garrett. Those are mm-hmm. arguably what the four best pass rushers in the league right now. Justin Houston, you wouldn't have said that before the season started, but he's having a record year and has been absolutely incredible for this Baltimore Ravens team. So mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line has been good enough against the Panthers, against the Falcons, particularly against the NFC South teams where they're, they aren't generating much pass rush. But when it comes to playing against some of the elite pass rushers such as TJ Watt like they're going up against this week they have really really struggled to give Joe Burrow enough time for him to have success Mm. so the question now becomes if TJ Watt gets the level of success that he had in week one can Joe Burrow deal with it because he obviously threw what was it four interceptions in the first half in that week one game and he even came out and said this week in his press conference that was uncharacteristic for him and his big note going into this week is to look after the football and he has been so impressive throughout this year the way he's developed the way he's got smarter his play calling as well as audibles the way he's adjusted players the way he's moved people during the play or just as mm. about the play about as a, the play is about to come off has been so impressive and that's where the Cincinnati Bengals have had a lot of success and it's a bit of a it's a confusing one for me the Cincinnati Bengals because I think there's an argument to potentially say at this moment in time they might be flat track bullies because Mm. of their record so far and because of the teams that they've beaten Mm -hmm. they yet to really have that statement win which will have everyone saying the Bengals are back in contention for the Super Bowl Mm. considering they obviously got there last year and the fact they're 25 to 1 or 30 to 1 to win it this year and I think that this game is particularly going to demonstrate what this Cincinnati team is made of if they can go into Pittsburgh And if they can cover this spread and if they can dominate this team, I think people will start to say again, okay, the Cincinnati Bengals team is ready to make another Super Bowl push. Okay, so three things for your propo on this. Firstly, uh, ESPN's percentage uh, win for the Bengals. What do you think? 67%. 81.3% chance. 81.3% chance. Really? I mean, who are we to argue against the ESPN percentage predictor? It's like that the steal is 18.5, which means a 0.2% chance of a tie, presumably. <laughs> yeah. The past maths there. There's a site. Have you ever come across this site called uh, AZ Central? Yes. I love this site because they have, um, they basically for every game in the NFL, they pull quotes from all different media and just different sources. And I'm not going to name the journalists because this, as often is the case on this site, I think it's taken out of context, but it's the editing or the sub-editing, the selection process of AC Central that makes me laugh. So they've taken a quote from a, the Arizona Republic, right? A local Arizona mm-hmm. title. I say it's not fair to name the journalist because I'm sure there's a, there's further context here or every every article opens this way. But this is the quote they decided, Asia Central, to put on about this game from the Arizona Republic. <laughs> the Bengals, the Bengals lost to the Steelers in week one in overtime. They can't afford a repeat of that outcome in week 11. <laughs> 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 That's the hot take. 
They is that it? Afford... That's, that, that's the that only it? quote. That's the quote. They can't afford a repeat of that outcome in week 11. So is this why you're Drew locking Bengals minus four the and Bengals, a half? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bengals, the Bengals need to win this game, Ali. Um, I do like this a lot, as you know. Um, but I'm giving too many spoilers away. It's not going to be my Drew Lock of the week. What I want to ask you about is the total. Because I am interested at why it is. Don't worry, I'm not going to take it. I'm just surprised it's this low. So the reason why it's this low is the Steelers have gone under in four of their last five games and have gone under in six of their last nine games played against Cincinnati Bengals. And also where there seems to be a mismatch on both sides of the ball or with both teams is the Bengals defensive line against this Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, which has been abject by all accounts. Mm. And this Pittsburgh defensive line with TJ Watt back in it, going up against the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, which has improved in recent weeks, but is yet to really prove that they can do it against an elite pass rusher like TJ Watt. So if you take both of those things into account, it's likely that this game is going to be a close, hard-fought divisional matchup where both teams can't really afford to lose, to quote the guy from AZ Central. They can't. (laughs) And it's like... So that's where I think this game will be quite close. I think it's going to be a defensive matchup, especially with the if DJ Reed is back and if Minka Fitzpatrick's back. Mm. I think that the Bengals will look to try and establish the run as early as they can. Their run blocking has been very decent. Obviously, Joe Mixon having an absolutely crazy game against the Carolina Panthers. So the Bengals are going to try and do that early doors, which obviously takes time off the clock. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to struggle to put up points against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Bengals have lost Shadobi Awuzie, but Mm. even without him, I think they're a top tier sort of, they're not, one of the best defenses in the NFL anymore, but I think they're still in the top half. And I think that think they'll be able to cause Kenny Pickett quite a lot of issues and they will be able to dominate that side of the ball, especially as much as I really like George Pickens and as much as I love Deontay Johnson, I think our secondary, although it's banged up at the minute, is good enough to handle them. And especially with our defensive line, I think they should definitely dominate that side of the ball as well. So I think that's the reason why it is so low. And also Mike Tomlin is just notorious for it's November. Mm. It's Pittsburgh. It's probably going to be really cold. It's going to be a physical intense game. So that's why they are essentially trying to, the bookies are smart, you know, they are, the house always wins and what they are trying to do is dare people to take the over in this matchup and of course we've got a pro Joe stand here all of the cash is on the under 77% of the cash is on the under and 58% of the tickets tickets is on the over so the bookies are inviting you to take Mm. the over in this one very well explained okay so I think we uh, I think we like the Bengals a lot in that spot. Are you going to take any action on this? So interestingly, so I'll probably lean towards the under to be completely honest with you, just because mm-hmm. I always like to side with the pros in these situations. Oh, the under's king of Plumpton as well. The under's king of Plumpton. Yeah, it does seem a little bit too low to me, but at mm-hmm. the same time, that's what a trap is. So I think you just mm-hmm. always go with it. There is one statistic, Nat, that I can't get out of my head. I just, no matter how I break down this game, it looks like the Cincinnati Bengals should cover relatively easily because Mm -hmm. of the mismatch in terms of our wide receiving weapons compared to the Pittsburgh secondary, which has been dominated all season long. And I think they've had one of the worst uh, passing defense sort of seasons that I think they've ever had under Mike Tomlin. And certainly this season, they have one of the worst in the league. And 
defensively, they aren't getting much going. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals will be able to dominate them from a defensive standpoint. Mm. Since Mike Tomlin took over at Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. he is 15, three and three as a home underdog and covers at 83%. Wow. Tomlin it doesn't surprise me at all. Tomlin is the moment you tell Tomlin they're underdogs at home. That's just, he doesn't, no facial expression other than that evergreen, constant Tomlin, neutral face, shades on, acknowledges the information, walks away measuredly, steadily. No chance they're losing that game. (laughs) That's the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like whenever you put Mike Tomlin in that situation, that always seems to be when he gets the best out of his team. And as much as I think the Cincinnati Bengals will win this game, I think four and a half, or it's dropped to four now, I think Mm. four is just above that three and a half line or that three line. I'd be tempted. If it was minus two and a half, I'd be taking Cincinnati. But the fact that it's four, Mm. I'm very much tempted to take Pittsburgh. And you actually talked me into taking the Cleveland Browns a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I don't like betting against the the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously the Cleveland Browns won outright. And I think Mm. that in this situation, people have too fresh in their mind, the Cincinnati Bengals dominating the Falcons and dominating the Panthers. And I think people need to remind themselves that that's the NFC South and that when Cincinnati went to Cleveland on Halloween, they actually were embarrassed to be completely honest with you. So it's a tough one because is that an outlier? Was that offensive line performance against the Browns on Monday Night Football? Was that the outlier or is Cincinnati just not quite ready to take on physical teams and strong defensive lines? But at this moment in time, when you're giving Pittsburgh four points, I think I'm probably leaning towards taking Pittsburgh and I'll probably take the under in this match up that being said though there is someone who is drew locking this game up and that is tom collins of sbk hello sbk edrosh team did somebody say three and oh we're rolling in this mid part of the season and hopefully the drew lock of the week bandwagon will continue through week 11 as i'm taking the cincinnati bengals minus four and a half against the pittsburgh steelers remember back in week one The Bengals were six and a half point favourites, but ended up losing 23-20 to the Steelers in overtime. Now it's time for the Bengals to right that wrong. They were comfortably better than Pittsburgh in that game. They had 432 yards compared to the Steelers' 267. The Bengals were 50% on third downs, but Joe Burrow was just peppered throughout. He was sacked seven times and he threw four interceptions. They even had a chance to win that game in regular time when a PAT was blocked and in overtime when Evan McPherson shanked a 29-yard field goal, but they still lost. The Bengals improved into Super Bowl contenders prior to their bye last week, and although they're still without Jamar Chase, I don't think that will stop them putting up a good amount of points on Pittsburgh. The Steelers have been better in recent weeks, but their offense still ranks 31st out of 32 for points per game, while they're giving up the third most passing yards on defense. Take the Bengals minus four and a half to exact their revenge. Now, Propo, I don't want to start creating tension between the two of you. I don't want to get in the middle. I don't want to stir the pot. Shane Marino and I were talking about that on the show this week, weren't we? Those individuals in the locker room, they're just little snidey comments stirring up. i got to say, man, i got to say, as he said at the top of the show, Tom Collins, 100% so far, he's big on, he's big on the Bengals covering. I mean, I'm kind of maybe leading that way. Maybe leading that way. Interestingly, interestingly, I was more on the Bengals until you dropped that Mike Tomlin stat. This is the question. So now the question to you is, Nat, Mm. Mike Tomlin or Tom Collins? Oh, that's a hot. That is like, (laughs) 
<laughs> having to choose between your best friends as to who's going to be best man. So I ended up having two best men, as you know, because I couldn't choose. So I could, that's a, the equivalent of that. It's literally the equivalent of that. Um, Tom Collins... I'm always got look Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, I love you, but I'm of course Team Collins every day. I'm going Tom Collins for them. Yeah, no, I know I'm going to enjoy this game no matter what. Even if I bet Pittsburgh, I'll still enjoy it. Cincinnati absolutely crushed them, and obviously the Cincinnati Bengals when they cover, they usually cover in complete style. This game could mm. be. 28 nil at half time for the Cincinnati mm. Bengals. If Joe Burrow goes off, T. Higgins goes off. I do expect T. Higgins to go off in this game, by the way. Ooh, okay. As well, much as I clue for a prop bet later. I don't know. Exactly. Ah, yeah. Go. All right. Next up, well, we'll speak. Uh, uh, let's get into the aforementioned uh, Vikings Cowboys matchup. Uh, of course, Minnesota with the win. Uh, that defined. Kirk Cousins in uh, snapshot perfection. So just by extension, what the hell are we going to get from Kirk Cousins this week? And does it matter? Because is this game all about Dalvin Cook running up the gut of this Dallas defense? And Dalvin was looking good, looking sharp. Dallas at Minnesota, but they're road favorites proper. This is my Drew Lock, Matt. This is your Drew Lock. My Drew Lock of the week. Let me guess. Hang on. Hang on. This is the first time I'm taking a side the whole season as my job. Yeah, I know, because you go with all these unders nonsense. <laughs> um, you're gonna you're gonna go. You're you're not gonna go with the Vikings? I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Minus one as my Drew Lock of the, the week. week. Okay, explain. My Drew Lock of the Week. Mike's basically I said it last week on TalkSport. I'm going to say it again. I don't think this Minnesota Vikings team are as good as their record suggests. I think they are frauds. And in terms of a matchup, I don't think this gets much worse for the Minnesota Vikings because I love this. They have run. You waited on Cousins last week and he (laughs) double down. You've always got to double down. I will. I'll tell you what, Nat, I will just keep Mm. drew locking. If the Minnesota Vikings win next week, I'll drew lock whoever they're playing against again. I'll just keep going (laughs) until I'm right. Because do you know why last year when the Cardinals were eight and oh, I kept saying they were frauds for like the first seven weeks. And then it got to like the eighth week. They had their statement win where similar to the one that obviously the Vikings just had against the Bills. And I was saying like, okay, finally, maybe I have to accept the Kingsbury's a good coach. Maybe I have to accept that this Cardinals <laughs> team could make a deep run in the playoffs. And then they just completely collapsed. They didn't even get past the wild card round. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns going forward because that haunts yeah. me. And the Minnesota Vikings are my Arizona Cardinals this year. I don't think they are as good as their records suggest. I'm going to say it again. And this matchup is not good for them. They have run successful plays on just 15% of pass attempts when their QB is under pressure this season. That is the third worst in the NFL. And obviously who is the best at bringing pressure It's the Cowboys. They have pressured opposing QBs on 31% of passing plays this season. That is the best in the NFL. The Vikings have been very fortunate when it comes to turnover battle. They have started 15 drives inside opposing territory this season. That is the second most in the NFL. The Vikings defense has allowed 203 yards from scrimmage per game to wide receivers receivers since the 2021 season. That is the worst in the NFL. And their defense hasn't really changed since last year. So that's including last year up until week 11 this week. And I don't think that 
their offensive line, which is completely banged up going into this week, is going to be able to deal with the Dallas Cowboys. And yes, the Vikings are at home. Yes, they should get that three-point head start in this because these two teams, especially by record, by what we've seen from them so far this season, suggests that they are probably about a pick em, So you should give Vikings three points at home. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I just don't think from a matchup perspective that this leads itself to a Minnesota Vikings coming out with a victory. And the pros, this is a pro-Joe game all over it. Minnesota, 58% of the tickets coming off that big win against the Buffalo Bills, which was insanely lucky. I mean, who would have thought that Josh Allen was going to fumble the ball on a QB sneak in his own end zone? That's absolutely wild. Dallas getting 72% of the cash, so the pros are liking Dallas. But yeah, that could all be me at this moment in time now. And <laughs> the voice I know that up. the market moves the moment you put any amount of money on the loan, <laughs> let alone a big, big dime. So, Nat, I'm going to lock it up. Drew, lock it up. Dallas Cowboys, minus one mm. against the Minnesota Vikings. And I tell you what, if the Minnesota Vikings... I can't wait for your text messages when the Minnesota Vikings take like a 14-3 lead. <laughs> I can't wait for them. I just can't wait for them. Oh, but I've got to go with my instinct. Last week, I didn't go with my instinct. My instinct was to take the Packers in the side. But because I've had success with the unders, mm. I lent towards it. Yes, I like the under in the, K- the Kansas City Chiefs Chargers game. Yes, I like the under in the Cardinals versus 49ers game. Mm. Uh, in Mexico, but and also, you do you like always... the do you like the under? Incidentally, if you like those two in the Browns Bills game, well, you're not seeing it's a snow game. Oh, is that what is that? Yeah, because I was going to say there must be some weather conditions for it to be that low. It's a snow game. It's meant to be like mm. a record level amount of snow hitting Buffalo this weekend. So the line, the line help, has moved. That helps Cleveland quite a lot, I guess. It will help Cleveland quite a lot, although Cleveland can't seem to stop the run at all. And Devin Singletree was really impressive last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. So you would argue that if... But still still to cover in a low-scoring game at that level is what? They're like nine or something? It's eight and a half. Yeah, it's Mm. eight and a half. The under, I actually got it at 44 and a half, which was when it first moved. I think it was 49 and a half before that weather report came out. Mm. So I got it at 44 and a half and it's just going to keep going down. I mean, it's at 42 and a half now. The more this weather report releases, the more time that people have to bet on it. I think it's just going to get lower and lower lower i'm actually doing your weather due diligence proper that's good because that doesn't always happen no it doesn't always happen but i th- i i saw that number and you immediately kind of and also again to that time of year where it's starting to become really important weather it is mm. to, especially when it comes to totals which i played a lot but yeah mm. interestingly actually the dallas cowboys minnesota vikings 47 and a half considering the games that we've seen from both these teams in recent week i thought that mm. was quite low but Again, what always puts me off is the fact that 76% of the tickets is on the over. 75% of the cash is on the under. I have to say, this is a this is a really interesting week for pros v. Joes. Like, I'm tempted to almost kind of like tally it up because the Joes oh, actually, I think, got the best last week. But the pros, yeah. the pros this week are really taking on the public. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for my Drew Lock of the Week. You need to tell me how <laughs> it's a complete Joe pick. The, incidentally, in the same way that when you put money... The market moves. Is that the same that I when I put lots of tickets on? <laughs> they <laughs> count one of my yeah. tickets for ten tickets. Uh, I'm working that out. Okay, oh, I so, think I can guess your Drew Lock of the Week. By the way, oh, can you now? Yeah, oh, I think I now? can because this is another one. I would I would assume that you're going to take this mm. for a couple of reasons. First yeah. of all, because I think it's a really good pick. I don't really understand the number to mm-hmm. be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Second of all. Uh, it was your own. This exact play was your only mm-hmm. Drew Lock victory so far this season. Mm-hmm. You got me. You got yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I thought so. I'm going, I was considering it. I was considering it. I'm going back to the Patriots. I'm going back to Belichick off a bye week. Belichick, young quarterback that is not at the races at Gillette 
I had to double check that the game wasn't in New York. Three points. I thought it was in New York. When I saw the Bravo. line, I assumed Ridiculous. it was on New York. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So that all of that terrifies the hell out of me. Like, why is this line? What am I missing? But you know what I said at the top of the show? And I stand by that. I'm not going to second guess. I'm not going to say the second, third, fourth choices. Even though it's a little side note, quite a few doesn't come in. Just want to get that out out there. Patriots minus three, Mudger Lock of the Week. Lock it up. Yeah, no, I will be backing that as well. I like that as a better lot. I think the the New England Patriots, I don't understand this number at all. The bookies are kind of asking us to bet on it, but I still think that people are thinking about the New York Jets beating the Buffalo Bills. I still think that's ringing in people's minds, So, Mm. which I don't think people should be taking into as much consideration. I think Belichick is going to tear apart this Jets team, well, this Jets offense particularly. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring, but the number's a little bit too low for me to go heavy on the under because obviously when you won that, Drew Lock of the week with the Patriots. I took the under, but that's gone down yeah. to 38 and a half. I'm not sure I like that number. It's not a weather much. game, is it? Oh my God. Is it a weather game? Let me check. It probably is a little bit Actually, of weather. I mean, doesn't really matter. That really it doesn't really matter. At all, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't affect the Patriots at all. It's, I mean, there's not going to be much throwing in this game whatsoever. So I don't think that really matters. Uh, but going back to the Cowboys Vikings, do you have a lean anywhere? Well, I um, definitely feel more comfortable with your pick taking. taking the Cowboys, you put a compelling argument. And as we said, how many times this season, the Vikings are just so erratic. They're so erratic. I would not feel comfortable back. I don't think I would feel comfortable backing them in, in virtually any spot, right? Even like if they were, uh, you know, uh, playing the Panthers and they were for some reason, six and a half point favorites because Dalvin Cook was banged up or whatever the reason, right? I don't, I just don't feel comfortable playing the Vikings. However, that is the one thing I think is interesting. Dalvin Cook mentioning him. If they, they're always, 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 Cousins is always, always, always more comfortable when the play action is established. Mm-hmm. And of course, having that extra dimension of a decent ground game. That would be my only feel is that if we know they start games well, what was that stat we dropped on the radio show where they've got the highest scoring percentage of any team in the NFL first drive? And this yeah. is, again, that's just a prototypical Minnesota you the first drive oh my god they are they are legit <laughs> and then they don't score for two and a half quarters all of my but, criticism is ignoring the fact that I really rate Kevin O'Connell and I think he's really yeah. impressive and that's a good sign of a coach when they are scoring on first drives because it means that those scripted plays that he has and where, all the work he's putting in at the beginning of the week really works and I think he's been really impressive throughout this season so far and obviously Justin Jefferson is probably the best player in the NFL. So you're mm. betting against the best player in the NFL and that's always intimidating. But at the mm. same time, ever like you're you're just waiting for this Minnesota Vikings team to make the mistakes you know they will. Mm-hmm. And I think that this week could be a telling telling sign or a uh, a notable moment in their season and kind of a bit of an exposure. Oh god. What? ESPN are already giving the Patriots a 50.3% chance. Really? the hell is going on what are we missing what are we missing what are we missing i don't know and all these shot well actually back to az central the afc east could be very interesting down the stretch (laughs) (laughs) there's az central oh what are we missing propo anyway i'm no 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 no, stick with it stick with it i knew it was going to be your drew lock of the week and i like it i nearly went there so i like it you want to know my runner-up was just have uh yeah have interest i really like the ravens to cover Against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Big number. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. Mm-hmm. Baker's back. Four interceptions. 
Baker's burnt me so time, Baker's burnt me so One many. time yeah. you would bet against but I think you stay. That means that I might have drew locked the Panthers up there right now. <laughs> sure. You know what? I'm not going anywhere near it now. I've said that. You need <laughs> to stay clear of Baker because you Baker is in oh, your head. Baker's you my all, kryptonite. Yeah, he is your kryptonite. You it started the first week of the Baker. season. That started the Drew Lock tilt. It did. It was Baker and that yeah, ridiculous yeah. game, which we lost by another game I lost by one point. The bloody Panthers have done me so many, <laughs> so many times. See, yeah, what am I saying? I'm not going near that game at all. all yeah, right. don't go anywhere near that game. I, I tell you what mine is. Mm. You're Chargers plus six and a half. Oh, nice. I like that. I yeah, like that. because I think that, I mean, they covered against the 49ers, despite the yeah. fact that I think the 49ers were by far the better team. This is a divisional matchup. It's in, I know it's in Los Angeles, and I know that doesn't count as a home game for the Chargers because they don't have any fans. But at the same time, it still means it's not an arrowhead. It means that it's going to be relatively yeah. quiet when Herbert is operating his offense. It looks like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams might back, which is huge, Ooh. realistically. Even if you get one of them back, I still think that makes a, a ma massive, massive impact. And I think the, the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Jacksonville Jaguars would have covered that number if their kicker could kick last week. Mm. Like he missed like, what, two out of three extra points? And that number would have covered for the Jags yep. if he had made those. So I think that the Kansas City Chiefs, when they're going up against a divisional team like the Chargers, I think that's no, there's, it's never going to be that straightforward, but Mahomes will always get it done in the end. So I like the Chargers at plus six and a half. Also, Ooh, nice. I want to get your take on this. We're just flying mm. around here. Right. Philadelphia Eagles, mm -hmm. minus six and a half, going to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, you know, uh, and I talked about this with Shane on the previous show, my column this week on for the times i'm not going to run through all of this again because you've heard it on that show and all you're probably because you don't know this yet be thinking as i say this what it's all about jeff saturday and why it might not be the craziest decision that we thought it was right and read the article we'll, we'll push it out on uh, our social channels but amid in the middle of all that thinking and why i put that argument forward is a masterstroke to reinstall Matt Ryan. Love that. Just straight away, he's my guy, go get him. And of course, that was an, an instrumental decision. I feel they bench Ryan way too early. We talked about that. I, um, uh, so I, what's the line? Six and a half. Six and a half. Mm, seven, yeah, uh, it's that dangerous number, isn't it? Seven, I think I'd have more of a look at it. And it might go, I guess that will probably be better, better up to seven, right? Uh, well, because it was actually nine and a half, and mm. then after Monday Night Football, it got bet Dropped. down to five mm. and a half, what? and it's been bet up to six. We've seen a lot of line movement this week, mm. and it's been bet up to six and a half. And under a touchdown, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that the That's only right. issue, obviously, the glaring issue is that they can't stop the run from what we saw on Monday Night Football, but I think they'll basically be aware of that, and they'll do what they can to find yeah. a way to stop Jonathan Taylor but I still think even if they stop Jonathan Taylor as long as AJ Brown's playing I know they've lost Dallas Goddard yeah. then I think they're still going to be able to throw on this Indianapolis Colts secondary and I think that Nick Sirianni has proven to be a good enough coach in this league to dominate a man who has two high school games of coaching to his name and I know <laughs> that you're going to make that case about Jeff Saturday and I understand that that's unfair to him but at the same time like he went up against Josh McDaniels with a team that doesn't look like they buy into Josh McDaniels I think this is a very different operation with Nick Sirianni yeah you know the total is interesting 43 and a half uh, you know the bounce back game I like before you talk about the crazy weather was the, the Bills to, if, if that wasn't mad storm weather I think the Bills will, will go off again against the Browns but I think it sounds a bit dangerous to do to go near that here's one for you 
Because you said, because we've covered a lot of other ground. We'll just say you like the under in the 49ers cards, right? Yeah, that's, that's I like the under in the 49ers cards and I'll probably take the Cardinals as well. Okay. Uh, what, the uh, the Cardinals are the points? With the points, definitely not okay, money. Yeah, yeah, so they're up. currently at, uh, they're currently at plus Ooh. eight. My argument for that is essentially mm. it's too many points. I know it's in Mexico, which is very exciting, so they don't get the home advantage. But yeah. Arizona are actually terrible at home. I think that might be an advantage mm. for them. San Francisco 49ers, I think we'll see a very similar game to like what we saw against Los Angeles Chargers. I think the Cardinals will go into this with a lot of motivation off the back of that win against the Rams. It's a divisional game, and I think they'll look to claim this scalp over the 49ers, and I think they'll be well up for this. And they might even get Hollywood Brown back, which would be huge. But the Sam- this will be cagey game. I think we low scoring. I think they'll be able to get pressure to Jimmy G, and I think they'll be able to stop the run to a certain extent. I think the 49ers are definitely going to be able to stop the Cardinals' run. But I just don't know. Eight points is just too much in a divisional game like this. Big time, particularly that neutral territory. I really like that pick. It kind of lends itself to the question I was going to ask you, which was... Out of all of the Week 11 slate, so you can include Thursday Night Football if, if you want, depending on when we release it. Be, this will be out by Thursday, so you can include that as well. Given that we are in the season when Washington beating Philly is just a prototypical game where ridiculous upsets are happening every week, what's your favourite upset? So Moneyline didn't see that coming win. So, for example, the li- I would include the Lions over the Giants there. So the Lions over the Giants would definitely be a possibility. I would say the, the Chargers over the Chiefs. I'd probably have to argue that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah, I think this is in prime time. And I think that Justin Herbert, this is a great opportunity to be that game, which reminds everyone just how great Justin Herbert is. I know, obviously, he's just played in prime time in the exact same slot, but he was going up against an elite 49ers defense, whereas I think he'll be able to have more success against this Kansas City Chiefs secondary. And I think that he's kind of, everyone's kind of forgotten about that injury he had earlier in the season, which was really affecting him. It meant that he couldn't rush, he couldn't run with the ball. I think that we're going to see him moving with his, moving the ball with his legs as well in this game. And I think we're going to see him doing everything he can to demonstrate to everyone that he isn't as far away from Patrick Mahomes as people think he is right now. And yes, he doesn't have the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. He doesn't have the coaching that Patrick Mahomes has, but Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback. And I think he will demonstrate it in this game. And Mm. it's just, they're the scout for the Chargers, aren't they? That's their Super Bowl going into the season is to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they got very, very close to doing it if it wasn't for what, three dropped interceptions against the Chiefs earlier in the season in Arrowhead. So I think the Chargers... What, you're getting the plus 240? I think that's pretty good value going into this game. The only issue is I don't know how much their defense is going to be able to stop Kansas City, especially with how good their offensive line's been playing. But still, it's been a weird season in the NFL. So I'd probably say the Chargers to beat the Chiefs, the Lions to beat the Giants. I think there is a decent chance that that could happen. The Giants haven't been able to stop the run. I think they're, what, like over five yards of carry they've been allowing. Um in recent weeks. And I think the Detroit Lions could have some success there with the combination of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Detroit Lions are a hard team to call, but that's why it's always a decent shout betting on them as an underdog. Do you think that there is any way that, and I know you've already just said uh, the opposite, Mm. but Baker Mayfield going up against his old foe, (laughs) the the Baltimore Ravens. There's got to be a case, considering how well their their defense has played in a couple of games. Come on. It would be, but that's just so Baker. Do you not see him headbutting his teammates without a helmet on after the game last week? What It was so uncomfortable. (laughs) And this is, you're talking about 
elite athletes pretty much all can handle themselves right even the even the most kickers and punters right quite a few of them were visibly scared (laughs) well they were just confused i mean they've just won a game of football on thursday night in prime time there's cameras on them and they've got their quarterback who did you also see that during uh practice in the build-up for the week was playing like um practice squad like defensive tackle just like shadow defensive tackle just to give like a body in front of people like i mean baker mayfield is he's completely lost the plot but i'm kind of loving it yeah i i like renegade baker i I definitely am on that train so i don't think it's completely out of the realms of possibility if the washington commanders can beat the philadelphia eagles in philadelphia the carolina panthers can beat baltimore and baltimore (laughs) I might, I might have a sneaky money sneaky, line, money line pick money, on the Carolina money Panthers. line pick on the Panthers. Um, we'll chuck that in the charity pot as well. That kind of maybe we should just do a ridiculous long shot bet every week, and then anything we make from that goes in our charity pot. Yeah, I think we should. I think that's right. actually we need not a, a name for it as well. We, maybe we'll have to name it after Baker now. Yeah, right? we'll have to name it as the Baker, the bold. Yeah, like the bold Baker act or something like that. The bold but needs a bit of work. <laughs> I mean, I literally just came up with that on the spot. Okay? That's inspired. I yeah, love that. I, I am a but, creative of a heart, came, but that was instinctive. You are, you are the brains of the operation. You came up with a, a Heineke Acker, to be fair. Uh, and I think the Drew Lock of the Week. We'll and the Drew Lock of the Week. Exactly. The other pick that I actually really would just throw picks out. This every, be we're picking everything. Again, we are the guy at the roulette wheel putting chips on every number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just hoping to come out with a positive record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know me now. I've got to get it in here for the podcast. Buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. I and oh, this feels this feels horrible to say. This feels mm. horrible to say. Actually, I'm going to add this to the, the bold acker as well. The Baker bold okay. acker. I'm okay. adding this right now. I quite like Baker bold acker. The more you say, it, the more you say that. <laughs> yeah. The bold Baker acker. The Baker bold. Baker bold. Acker. The Baker bold. The Baker Baker's bold acker. Baker's bold acker. Okay, Baker's yeah, we'll bold acker. We'll Does it have that. to be more than one pick then for it? For it? Is it? So we're doing a, like a long shot acker. Or just, well, or yeah, just we can just go back. Baker's bold pick, and then Baker's, we both, yeah. yeah, Baker's bold pick. Okay, we like that. Uh, I think, and I'm going to play it at three and a half. Mm. I think the Houston Texans could beat the Washington Commanders this weekend. Why? <laughs> I know, <laughs> just, I know why, I know no why, way. but they were the unluckiest mm. team. In the NFL, by that unlucky metric that someone's created. Please don't talk about that again. They they are the unluckiest team in the NFL. Mm. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, Nat. Mm. But where do you think the pros are? Where do you think the Joes are? Really? So is is it because of the number plus three? It's number three and a half. I don't think there's really anyone backing the Houston Texans to win this game because they are the Houston Texans and they are the worst team in the NFL. Mm. That's for sure. But I do think that plus three and a half... The Washington All... Commanders aren't the kind of team that are going to go out and blow a team, blow out isn't a team. Chase, isn't Chase back this week? Chase Young is going to be back this week, or he's likely to be back this week. Right I'm not sure it's 100% sure, but he is likely to be back, and obviously that will cause problems. But Houston Texans have Laramie Tunsil. He is still one of the best left tackles in the league. People forget about that after that wild trade, but they oh still do God. have Laramie Tunsil. You get the wrong end of that deal. Larry I know, jeez. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil. in that one. Uh, Damien Pierce is going to want to bounce back after that big, important fumble. <laughs> You've got Davis Mills who can make completions. He can build drives. He did it against the, I can't even remember who your racket was against, who your lock was against now, the Houston Texans against the, oh, New York Giants. Oh, last week. Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, last week. Texans against the Giants. And I thought they moved the ball well. They just completely collapsed in the red zone. And the Washington Commanders offer primetime win. Mm-hmm. All of that hype surrounding Heineke. And as we've said, the one brilliant thing about Heineke is, is he's either going to be sensational or, terrible. or he's going to be terrible. So, uh, okay. 
I like a lot. Okay, so that is your. All right. Well, we'll both have a little, little fuster on those, and that is your. So that is your. Well, I've given five out now. Bowl Baker, but which is your, which is your Baker Bowl pick? Okay, my Baker Bowl pick is the Chargers to beat the Chiefs, and a little sprinkle of Texans to beat the Commanders. Okay, my Baker Bowl pick is the Lions to upset the Giants. Yep, and a little sprinkle on Panthers to beat the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. I'm going Panthers to beat a little sprinkle of Panthers to the Ravens. All right. Before we get out of Dodge, there's more uh, for the charity pot. Uh, let's hear our Acker of the Week. As we said, we've handed over the reins to Tom Collins. This is what he's got with. It's important to have a banker in every accumulator. And the first of three teams that I want to include this week is the Buffalo Bills, who play at home against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know Buffalo are a short price, but I still believe they're the best team in football and they should bounce back at home after last week's dramatic loss to Minnesota. Now we want two at slightly better prices. I'm going to take the Washington Commanders, who have won four of their last five games, over the Texans, the worst team in the league. And similar to my Drew Lock of the Week, the rejuvenated Cincinnati Bengals to exact their revenge on a terrible Pittsburgh Steelers side that ranks 31st out of 32 for points per game. Three favourites, but the treble pays just over 2-1 to one on SBK, and that's good enough for me. So... Tom Collins not really buying buy into your, your, your Texas argument there, Propo. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's it's bold. That's the whole point of it. It's bold, you know, mm. when you're... And I think that's probably why the Akers had such little success so far this season when we've done it. It's <laughs> sure. because of the fact that these picks... Play seem, it safe. It's just, yeah, when you play it safe, that's when you seem to get mm. burnt the most so far this season. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. It's been True. incredibly hard to predict. And I mean, that was no more apparent than when we saw the Eagles lose to the commanders on Monday night football and Tom Collins. And I think this was like, uh, you can't argue with this record so far, but it's, mm. it's always a little bit, I'm always a bit apprehensive when I see people backing the favorites, because if you'd backed every single, if you put, I think it's, if you put a hundred quid on mm. every single underdog so far this season, I think you would have like 1,700 quid. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I think it's like in profit, obviously. <laughs> yeah, just to clarify yeah, just to clarify that alright uh, we'll wrap with uh, Drew not the Drew Locks of the Week with the Propos Prop Bets of the Week so uh, because we're recording this on a Wednesday none of the lines have come out and I'm, I'm a bit Kurt Cousins-y I think if you look mm. to my record I think on a Wednesday I have a much worse record than on Thursday oh here we go uh, the uh, yeah just getting out. excuses yeah. out early but at the same time I am confident with these I'm gone for uh, a touchdown scorer. You can play this as an echo. You can play this as a double. Just pick the ones you like, or you can play them as singles. I think they'll all be around evens, but this first one probably a little bit higher than that. My first one is T Higgins to score a touchdown. I kind of tipped my hat to it earlier. T Higgins has averaged seven targets a game this season, and we have seen his capabilities to get in the end zone, including that incredible score against the Browns, where he just got over the top of Greedy Williams and completely Randy mossed him. The Steelers will be focusing on stopping Joe Mixon after his ridiculous game against the Panthers. And I I think that will give an opportunity to Burrow and Higgins to exploit this weak secondary, especially if Minka Fitzpatrick's not playing. My second one is Corderell Patterson score a touchdown. Chicago are the fourth worst team against the run. They allowed a touchdown to both Swift and Williams last week. Buy low, sell high, Nat. How many times do I have to say it? Patterson was a complete dud on Thursday night football last week, and I expect him to come back with a bang against this Bears defense, which I'm going to say again, has no one left after the trade deadline. And then my final one, I had to adjust, and this is why I realized there was a snow game, was when I was researching this because I was all in on Stefan Diggs to score a touchdown 
against the Cleveland Browns because of how bad their secondary is. But because it's a snow game, it's a little bit tougher for me to see or to rely on their being passing touchdowns. So instead, I'm going to go to Josh Allen to score a touchdown. He ran for 84 yards on six carries last week. And nothing really looked that wrong with Allen in terms of running the ball after his injury issues. He's a dog. He's a fighter. And apart from those miscues he made in overtime, I think he looked actually relatively healthy and also will be very much hungry against the Browns. We've already outlined that. It's going to be a snow game and he will be it'll be tough to throw the ball so I expect Allen to get in the end zone himself instead love that I love that particularly the last one love that all right Propo let's get out of Dodge uh, Shane Vereen in the vault we got FFS with you and uh, the Guru this week yeah realistically again similar to Edge Rush like obviously mm. we're looking of alternatives to you hosting Edge Rush as someone yeah. who can actually pick games <laughs> very <laughs> so, wisely oh yeah. you say that I know you I came just 12th lo- in the league in the DraftKings listener league yes did I know I, did, just to check was that higher than you and Sunday? yes it was higher than, than you and Sunday. yes yes, yes just yes, wanted to yes, clarify yes. hey I just yes, wanted to yes, clarify because yes. shots were fine alright you and the Guru a fine show that will be as well I, I am Mike of course on Mondays he was in good nick, I Mike, this Monday. Very he was, good was his, but he was uh, a vintage Carlson. So that is all in the vault. Go check that out. A big shout out to all of you who have taken the time to review us. I've seen the Spotify reviews going up. We like that proper. Let's get some iTunes love going on. There was a, there was some uh, iTunes stuff going on a few weeks back. A lot of, of course, fading that, uh, Cocoa and Pebbles, all that, all that stuff. Uh, I think someone might have uh, said something about you proper. Let me take a quick look. Uh, let me take a quick look. In the meantime, here. while you're doing that, we're mm. going to, because the theme of this show has just been throwing out picks left, right, and center. Oh, you got another one. World Cup pick. <sighs> who's your fa- who's who's your current favorite to win the tournament? You can't pick Brazil. Uh, I can't pick Brazil. Because um, Brazil are the overriding favorites at the moment. Yeah. I, 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 God, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. Much like the NFL, it's so bloody wide open. I mean, France, I think I might have said, but they're banged up. I, I okay, I do like the destiny of Argentina, but I, just yeah. have a fe- I have a feeling they'll do. It'll be his a thousandth game if Argentina gets the final. Oh no way! No Messi's way! Thousandth game, yeah. I I, th- I think I'll, I I would be incredible. I'd, I'd be amazing to see him do it. So I'm gonna heart Argentina head. Yes, Brazil. I I think England will surprise a few people. I mean, wait, how far do you think England are going to get? Semis, yeah, semis. I think they could, you know. And I think that will be. I mean, is it a lot of people are down on England at the moment, right? Yeah, that's because of defensive issues. I think realistically, I don't think obviously Maguire's barely played, and you know he's going to play. Carl Walker's obviously had severe injury issues throughout the season. Stones has been inconsistent. Pickford's been inconsistent for Everton. So I think they always up their game for England, don't they? I mean, yeah, they always up their game for England. Exactly. You always get the best out of Luke Shaw when he plays for England. You always get the best out of Raheem Sterling when he plays for England. But all of our key protagonists have been out of form going into this World Cup, and also everyone knows that Southgate's still going to play those players because they're the ones he trusts but I think Southgate's pragmatism going into this and the reliance on organisation will actually benefit the team and the fact that there's so much chemistry built up between this team because it is so wide open and I think that there's going to be a lot of shocks in this World Cup I think a lot of the dark horses are going to cause upsets because I just don't think there's any team that apart from Brazil who really are outstanding at this time you can say Mm. France but as you said they've got a lot of 
issues off the pitch and they've also mm. completely banged up. So that's always a bit interesting. Germany in my value pick though, mm. because I think Germany, you can get them at like 12 to one, 13 to one on certain books. And I think that just because they don't have a recognized number nine, mm-hmm. I think they've got Hansi Flick. Yes, he doesn't have international tournament experience, but Southgate got to a semifinal in his first World Cup. Right. Hansi Flick, I think is one of the best coaches alongside Luis Enrique at the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you've got midfield of Gundogan and Kimmich, Mm. probably the best midfield could be arguably the best midfield in the tournament and Sane Nabry playing together for Bayern Munich Musiala is an unbelievable talent mm-hmm. so Germany in terms of a value pick but I think it's hard to look past Brazil because their Copa America record was so impressive I mean their quali- sorry, their qualifying record was so impressive and the amount of talent they have all over the pitch is insane yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there you go alright love that propo uh, look after yourself bud I'll see you at the same time same place next week and we'll be back of course uh, what well, FFS is dropping in between but then Monday me and I might get crushes in for her there I am Mike Melbourne, you see that button up. Sports Social Podcast Network.